to Destiny comes a new podcast. Three guardians who will guide you to glory, honor, and... Yeah, nah. Not that kind of podcast. This is Happy Hour from the Tower. I'm T. I'm Nick. I'm Brandon. And we're going to talk about all things Destiny. Why we play. Why we love punching aliens in the face. And why my dad sucks at the Crucible. Here we go. A podcast for players of all levels. Find Happy Hour from the Tower on iTunes, Stitcher, or at happyhourfromthetower.com. Eyes up, Guardian. Time to give up the ghost. It's Happy Hour from the Tower. First round's on us. Hey everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we're the hosts of the podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture. We try to have a female perspective on things, but we really just talk about anything we like. What are some recent topics we've done, Katie? Uh, Well, we've talked about girl power songs, Wonder Woman, Veronica Mars, young adult fiction novels, San Diego Comic Con, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher and start listening today. Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 92 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today, I'm really excited to be joined by two very good friends, Kevin and Mandy of the Betcha Didn't Know That podcast. How are you guys doing? Doing good, Joe. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for uh, inviting us. Absolutely. It's it's been too long since we visited, so either in real life or on podcasts. It's, <laughs> so, <laughs> it's been a criminally long time. Yes, absolutely. Um so we've done both of you have, have done interviews on here before. So we're not gonna do the full interview. Uh if you want to hear Mandy's full interview, I think it's on episode thirty. And I think Kevin's is on episode twenty two. But uh, what have you guys been up to lately? Qu- quite a bit, right? I mean, we'll talk about your your new show in a while, but you guys have been moving around and doing new jobs and all sorts of things since we've last spoken. Yeah, um, I am still working at the hospital as a dietitian, and I have been traveling a little bit. Went to see my family last weekend, and uh, and doing this new podcast with Kevin has been uh, a lot of fun. And I'm still doing my WEC podcast with with Katie and Kelly. So definitely keeping busy. The podcast business is keeping me pretty busy. <laughs> <laughs> Once you start, you just keep adding and adding. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. Right. Definitely. And meeting, meeting more people and then doing more podcasts and then doing more interviews and more podcasts. <laughs> Well, that, it's funny because that that's kind of how it happens. It's like you 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 meet people through podcasting, and then you realize you guys have a common interest or common like, and then you're like, oh my god, we should do a podcast about that. And the next thing you know, you've got ten podcasts, and you're like, oh my god, I have no time to do anything else. 
It does. It really starts to, you start to, I, I, I'm questioning my life right now. Uh, <laughs> do I have time to do all these things I want to do? I'm questioning that. So, but I am certainly enjoying it. It's, it's wonderful to have, um, you know, a profession and a hobby and it's, it's really great. So, uh, with me, I am, uh, one of the great unwashed unemployed, um, but intentionally so. I'm, uh, I currently write and, uh, I podcast and I do have a part-time job at a, a bookstore where Mandy and I met. So that, that gets me out of the house and, uh, and facing this screaming public. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, other than that, the, uh, the podcasting and the writing takes up a lot of my time. And, uh, and so hopefully the writing will start paying off and, and, uh, and maybe hopefully the podcasting will, will pay off. So, yeah. Well, and you've been, you've been doing a, a regular, semi-regular gig on another podcast, haven't you? Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. So, so, <laughs> so like, many, it's like so many podcasts. I'm like, okay, well, first of all, the last time I was on your show, I was part of uh WEC podcast. I haven't been on there for a while and cause I'm, I branched out and I'm now doing something which we'll talk about, but, uh, the the other podcast you're referring to is I am the co-host of Average Geek Show with Brian Johnson and uh, really excited about that. Uh, it's been in a little bit of a hiatus right now, but um, there's <laughs> I was just informed of a, a very interesting interview guest that Brian hooked up, and I don't know if. I should mention it. Uh, I don't think I will to tease it, uh, but it's, it's pretty cool. It's, it's somebody who is in two major motion pictures of the geek variety. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I wouldn't say A list. I wouldn't even say B list, but the, <laughs> <laughs> necessarily and not really a name person, but somebody who you go, Oh wow. You mean that's the person? Okay. So, uh, and he, Brian, uh, became friends with this person. And, uh, so we're going to do an interview, I think in August. No, I'm sorry, October. That's so awesome. That's going to that's gonna be fun. And, um, so whenever that happens, we'll, uh, we'll let everybody know. Very cool. Yeah. Brian's very good at, at finding people that, uh, are fun to interview. He's, He's got that kind of down. He know he, he unlike me, he's a little bit more of an extrovert than I am, so he has no problem uh walking right up and saying, Hi, I'm Brian. <laughs> we need to talk on my <laughs> podcast where I'm like, Okay, like at Comic Con I'll sit there and I'll go to all these panels and I'll write everybody's information down and then I can email them <laughs> so I don't have to face to face. Yeah, I mean the, the thing about Brian and why I'm on uh, Average Geek Show is we he had me on because his uh, regular co-host uh, had decided to take a little bit of time off of podcasting. And so he needed somebody. And I, I was just a guest. He asked me to do, um, he does this thing called Nostalgia Filter where he does 80s movies or, you know, movies that he grew up with. And uh, I did two of them already now. I did Jaws and I did Jurassic Park. But before one of those interviews, I swear to you, we sat 
and just chatted for like two hours straight. And you know how you uh, you just kind of click with somebody. Mm-hmm. That's the way it was with Brian and myself. We just we just clicked. He's such a great guy. And Brian, if you're listening to me, I I'm looking forward to uh, rejoining the podcast with you when it when it actually starts because I'm very enthusiastic about it. And I know Brian's listening because you know he always listens to to Joe. Yes, <laughs> the Mutual Admiration Society. Well, good. It sounds like you guys have had a lot of good stuff going on lately, which is awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk specifically about what we geeked out about this week. Um, I'll I'll go first. We I I have been absolutely obsessed with Powered by the Apocalypse games. Um, I mentioned on my last week, I think. I don't remember. I we we also tried to uh, record twice State of the Geek, and both times had technical issues. So, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, like, but we got to a certain point in each of the podcasts where I'm like, okay, did I talk about that in State of the Geek or last week's Geek? I don't even know. <laughs> so, if I'm repeating myself or you're like, I don't know what you're talking about, I apologize. But um, Powered by the Apocalypse is a kind of loose system um, of storytelling RPGs. And so it started with Apocalypse World, which is basically you run your characters through this Mad Max type scenario. And um, it was such an interesting and novel way of doing it that it's branched off and it's there's like a Dungeons and Dragons type one called Dungeon World. And then there's um, one where you can play a high school teenager. They've got like, you name the genre and they've got it. And so I have been listening to the plus one forward podcast which is basically every week the the host interviews one of these people who creates what they call a hack for the game that changes the rules and the genre and the style and so like they're like little half hour shows and for the first 15 minutes they talk about you know the powered by apocalypse genre in general and then they talk specifically about this particular hack or or new, this new hack, this new different way of looking at the game. And then he, he runs a, like a little solo adventure with the person. And this person who created the game runs his character through like a little 15 minute adventure or scene. And it, it's just really, really cool. And that's just fascinating. I, that sounds like so much fun. I mean, so much room for your imagination to roam. I think you did talk about this on the Katie and Chelsea podcast. Yeah. Um, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was, it's just, it's really cool because instead of, I mean, you do roll the dice, but the, the dungeon master, the game master is actually called an MC and he never rolls the dice. He just kind of says, okay, what do you do now? And instead of going into a session, knowing what's going to happen, the MC is kind of following the story along as, as everybody else is because it, I could say, so Mandy, your character is going into a building um, to look for this vampire. What do you see? And then you just start telling me all the different things that are in this building. I don't know what's in the building. Ooh. You do. And uh, yeah, and so it's, so it's cool. really cool. <laughs> it's really this really neat way of telling stories. And so I'm just, I'm obsessed. And if, if I'm not listening to plus one forward, like if, if he talks about a certain hack for it, then I go find a podcast that's done an actual play of it 
And there's a podcast out there called One Shot that does all different games for like two or three episodes. They'll run one type of, of role playing game. And so there was one called, um, Bluebeard's Bride, which is one of these powered by apocalypse games. And it's really, really dark and disturbing, but it's, um, they call it feminist horror. Wow. And you play different aspects of the bride of Bluebeard because Bluebeard's the, the fairy tale where the woman marries this really ugly guy who's rich and he gives her keys to the house and says, I have to go away on business, but go ahead and explore the house. Just stay out of my study. And, and then she opens up the yes. study and it's all his former bride's dead bodies. Oh. And so, and so <laughs> it's really disturbing. I'm like listening to this. And so I haven't listened to the one shot playthrough of it, but he, I, I started to listen to it and, he was like, you know, trigger warnings. There's all sorts of horrible things that are going to happen. This is a lot darker than we normally do, but it's like sitting on my, my phone ready to be listened to as soon as I get up the nerve to sit through this really disturbing story. And it's just, to me, just the, the ability to tell these weird, different or unique stories is just fascinating. Oh, that's so cool. And as you're kind of getting me excited for the, all play podcasts that you're thinking of doing in in the winter, right? Right, and um, I was just talking to Matt. I think we're going to move over to this system because it it will take a lot of the prep time away from me, which I think will make the podcast happen a lot sooner. <laughs> so and, am I? So I'm sorry to interrupt, but are you saying that there's no dice? No, there is dice, but there is dice. The dice, and and it's like you, you roll two six sided dice, and um. A one to a six is a miss. It's not a failure. It's just a miss. So then I, as the MC, would say what went wrong, what, why you didn't get the result you wanted, or why you got the result you wanted and it wasn't exactly what you thought it would be. So this is like, this is really like a constructed uh, improv yes. RPG. Very much it's, so. It's very interesting because you've heard of Microscope, the world building game. No, I haven't. Okay. So Microscope is, I mean, it, you could buy it for cheap, cheap. Uh, and really all it is, is it's a world, world building system where you start off with like three by five cards and somebody starts off with like a premise. And what you could do is, uh, the whole idea is that the people around the table are, are doing two things. They're creating the world. They're creating the era. And they're also g going macro level and creating the specific, you know, battles or, you know, political intrigue or whatever. And then within each one of these little scenes, you role play off the top of your head these scenes to get to a conclusion. And then you write down the conclusion and then that further grows the world. And so you can go... You could either go through like a hundred years or 10,000 years, or you could do just one planet. You could just do one city, or you could do an entire universe. It's all up to you. And it's all your imagination, improv done right then and there. And it's, it's a, I've never actually done it to its fruition or to its completion, but it's one of those things where I, I really would like to see it. Uh, you know, kind of where you know where a group of that go ahead. We need to all get together, like 
Joe, Kenny, Brian, and, and us, and Katie Keller. I mean, it would be a lot of fun for us as a group to do it. Yeah, so um, microphone, uh, microphone, <laughs> microscope <laughs> is less of a role-playing game than it is a world-building game. But it is fun in the sense that you're just completely, it's like you're in a sandbox and you're creating your own world in the sandbox. It, it's, it, it's subtitled um, a fractal role-playing game for epic histories and you can google it by adding the name ben robbins r-o-b-b-i-n-s to microscope it's a lame mage production yeah and the and so some people don't like it because it's it's uh it's promoted as an rpg but it's not really an rpg the best way of using it in my opinion is to get a group of people around like uh your players of a uh, of an rpg session and then you start off with literally no idea what you want to do and then you end the session with a complete world and that gives the dm an idea of what the world is and the intrigue in the world and where the players want to go and explore so yeah, it's that's a great idea for using the game that way that's and awesome. uh, and you know, I've read other people talk about how they've used it, and it's it's really cool. Um, but but powered by the apocalypse, that that sounds definitely up my alley. I would love to, uh, you know, I'd love to tickle the uh, the back of my brain to um, to improv a, a situation like that. That yeah, that seems really it, fun. And the cool thing about it is they give you archetypes. Um, you know, these, these kind of character tropes that, that you can play, but you can do anything with them. One of the people who are talking about, um, the kind of urban fantasy political intrigue one, uh, was like, if you want to play a vampire that's like an Anne Rice vampire, you can do that with the care, with the vampire archetype. Um, if you want to play a Twilight vampire, you can play that with that archetype. You can play whatever you want. It's just kind of a skeleton to put your character over. And, um, and so it, to me, it's kind of like, I, I feel like with D and D, when you do a class, like there's only so many wizards you can be because they've kind of very clearly defined what a wizard is. Right. right there's only so many, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt, but there's so many spells you get. You don't, you don't get your, I mean, you get your choice, but it's very regimented and very restricted with each of the classes that you can do. I mean, it's, they try and expand it to give you a, a lot of choices, but it doesn't seem like it has the kind of choices that your, the game you're talking about does. So that's, that sounds really cool. Yeah, so I'm I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm I'm hoping to send out an. Uh, I've got the the other geeky thing going on this week is theater for me, and so this week is auditions for my um my musical this year, and so I've been doing a lot of prep work for that, and that's taken up a good chunk of my time. But I'm what's the musical hoping... you're doing again this year? I, you mentioned on your podcast, but I forgot. Well, I cannot officially say because I signed a contract that says I can't announce anything until November. Ooh, but, non uh, non disclosure agreement. <laughs> Maybe you didn't yeah. do that then. <laughs> but um well I did, but I did it as in I think I'm gonna try and get the rights for this. So I may have required acquired the rights for my high school to do in the heights. <gasps> Ooh. Oh. Very Yeah, cool. and it's it's Lynn Manuel Miranda's college like senior project. 
That's it's so funny a project that goes on to Broadway to win a bunch of Tony. Oh my gosh! It's, yeah. it's really funny you said that because I was gonna totally joke that you were gonna do Hamilton, and then you go <laughs> and then you went there, and I'm like, oh, not so far away from Hamilton. <laughs> That's cool. For me, it's just kind of like there there were so many things that that fit. Like last year, we did a uh, we took a song from. Um, American Idiot to competition. And it was the first time that my kids kind of went full competitive mode. Like they were like, we really want this to be, I mean, they've, they always want it to be good, but I think there was just kind of a shift in the mindset of it this time. And, uh, we weren't, I wasn't there in time to catch it, to get it right to where it needed to be. So this, so I started looking, okay, what can we do next year for Fullerton? And then I saw uh, 96,000 from in the Heights. And I was like, this song is beautiful. It would be right up my kid's alley. And I need to know more about this show. And it has very quickly become my absolute favorite musical. And so I I was like, I'm not happy just doing one song from this show. We've got to do this show. And I think it's perfect for right now because there's it's political without being over your head political. Um, it fits the demographic of my school perfectly. And... I think they're into it because it's their music and it's their stories. And so I feel like they can relate to it a lot more than some of the other stuff I've brought in. Not because I'm, I'm not trying to be sensitive to what they can connect to, but it's very hard to find the large cast shows that aren't fluff that speak to high school students. So this, this was kind of just like a perfect win. It will be the hardest show I have ever done in my life. So. And probably I, the most rewarding. I hope so. <laughs> I hope it's not just the most frustrating. But I've explained to the students how how big a deal this is, that it's like this is not an easy show. So if you're doing this, you're committing to this. And um so that that's that's what I'm doing this week is is auditions and I've got I've got teachers helping me for the first time with auditions and I've got a parent meeting after school on Monday to make sure that we can get the funding for the rest of the show and has $2,500 just to get the performance rights and materials. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. But, yeah. But worth it. Yes. Yes. So that's, wow. that's what I've been geeking out about. And I'm hoping that once the, uh, auditions are, are underway and I've, I'm in rehearsal, uh, I can then shift back over and, and get the actual play started because I do want to launch it at the beginning of next year. So, um, I okay. mean like actually have the L- episodes go out at the beginning of next year. So. Wow, good luck with that. I, I maybe we'll we can all go see it. That would be so cool. Yeah, oh, I would love that. Yeah. yeah, I'll let you know. I'll let you know how it's going. <laughs> I'll, I'll know a month out if I'm like, don't come. You say, yeah, maybe you shouldn't show up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't take that personally. You can't imagine that'll be the case. <laughs> Very cool. What have you guys been geeking out about this week? What's your your weekly geekery? Oh man, I, cause I knew you were going to ask this question. I think I purposefully geeked out. Like, so I'm over the top geeking out. Um, and so I'll, I'll try not to go overboard here, but, <laughs> um, but I, podcast wise, I, uh, the Bright Sessions podcast was my gateway into audio drama podcasts and mm-hmm. it's coming back in October. So the Bright Sessions, have either one of you listened to it or heard of it? Mm-mm. I have not. Um, it's a, it's a podcast 
told from the perspective kind of initially you're told through this doctor, Dr. Bright, and it's her sessions with her therapy patients that you're listening into. She's recording them and that's where the, the audio drama comes from. And these are all people with special abilities. So the very first podcast is about her and this woman who shows up and says, Hey, I saw your ad and you're looking for people with, you know, strange things that go on in their lives. Well, uh, I time travel. And so it, and then it just goes from there and it, oh my, I, I swear to God, I cannot introduce, I cannot recommend this highly enough, the Bright Sessions. It's phenomenal. It's created by this woman named Laura Shippen. And so please start with the beginning. You have to start with the beginning. You'll fall in love with these characters. The actors are amazing. And so October 18th, I've got it in my calendar. I cannot wait. Um, but the one night that kind of got me into this world, I started listening to this musical podcast called 36 Questions. There's only three episodes and that's the whole musical. So you can listen to the whole thing. It's out and done. Um, and then there's this one called um, steal the stars. So steal the stars is going on right now. It's a tour production, their first podcast, um, the fantasy, um, publishing company called tour. And, and it's, uh, again, it's a sci-fi, but it actually is also a bit of a romance. We were talking about it on our WEC podcast with Kelly and she said, uh, it's kind of like a soap opera actually. So, <laughs> um, but it's a sci-fi about two people who are working to protect this alien, um, from you know the public just kind of they're protecting this alien discovery this ufo that landed um and about their kind of forbidden relationship so <laughs> so that was one of the things i'm geeking out on have you guys heard of any of those podcasts no but now i'm gonna have to find some time in my <laughs> podcasting <laughs> schedule to put them in <laughs> oh it just gets so addicting and it's kind of a bummer actually because i get into these shows and and i i I, for, I don't have time to listen to all these other things that I want to. So, um, but, uh, but actually one of the other things I've been listening to all week and I just finished it last night and it's a novel. I cannot recommend enough to both of you, your listeners, uh, maybe your students at school. It's, it's right now it's the number one New York times young adult bestseller. And it's called the hate you give by the author, Angie Thomas. Have you guys heard of that book? The hate you give. The hate you give. You is in the letter U. Um, the title I, comes from. Go ahead. No, I was going to say. I think I've sold that at the bookstore. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's got to be huge at your bookstore right now. Um, it's um, it's similar to the timeliness of In the Heights. This is a novel through the perspective of a young sixteen-year-old girl named Star, whose friend Khalil is shot and killed by a white cop. The Star and Khalil are both black. The cop is white. Um, right in front of her, she's a witness to this event. And the whole novel is told from her perspective. And it's about the event and about the aftermath. It's about her family. It's about her friends. It's about two lives she leads. She goes to a private school in a white area. Um, she lives in what she refers to as the ghetto. Um, and, and it's really life affirming and remarkable and you cry and you laugh. I mean, there's just laugh out loud dialogue. Angie Thomas is only 29 years old. Um, she wrote this with some of the support. There's a nonprofit called we need diverse books.org um, that gave her some money to kind of help support her efforts in writing this. The fact that it's been the New York times, number one bestseller for, for young adult books all this time is remarkable. Um, and there's going to be a movie, of course. So, um, and it's, yeah, I can't recommend it enough. That's awesome. 
Very interesting. I'm, I'm kind of looking at the Wikipedia page and it mentions uh, a, a lot of interesting things. Um, like, I didn't realize that the first letter of each <laughs> letter is thug. Yeah, the it's from Tupac Shakur, and that's, you know, a character in the book, actually. I'm not a character who's alive, but he's kind of an inspiration for the book. And that's his tattoo, Thug Life, which stands for The Hate You Give, Little Infants Fucks Everyone. And and that's kind of where she got the inspiration, part of the inspiration for this book. Because um, it's obviously a lot about um, hate and intolerance. But it's also about speaking out, about having a voice and 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 I've been struggling with that a lot this past week, kind of having a voice, finding your voice um, and and speaking out is hard mm-hmm. and and not always easy. And so that's a lot what this book is about, too, that you can't have change if you don't say anything. Um, so, yeah, so that was kind of a, a, a cool find and definitely worth it. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I hear you about the whole speaking out thing. I, I'm actually one of the things I'm doing with my class this year, my, uh, my drama class is, uh, because the, the, the musical is, um, is an extracurricular. That's something that they do. They don't have to be in my elective, but the kids in my elective, um, we may have the opportunity to submit to a, um, a fringe festival this, this year. And so that means we'd have to come up with our own show. And so we're actually looking at a way to devise. We haven't picked a topic yet, but we're going to devise a, a play that will let them talk about a subject that they're interested in. And a lot of them have talked about wanting to talk about the, the state of affairs in America. And, uh, and so that's something that, you know, I'm trying to give them a voice. It's my, my underhanded way of being, uh, uh, a rebel without getting fired for being political in my classroom. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it's so important for everybody to have a voice and it's, and it's hard because I think one other thing that's going on right now is that people, it's so easy to get slapped down when you do step a toe out into the, the realm of, of speaking your mind and you don't want to offend anybody, but at the same time, you, you feel very strongly about something. And so it's very, it's a very, thin, narrow passageway you kind of have to navigate to get what you want out there without people not listening to it because it's surrounded with so much controversy, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. And I I know at the end of one of your episodes, you shouted out Kenny and Ray for keeping you sane. Mm -hmm. Um, I I assume that was because of, you know, they're very loud and proud on Facebook and social media, and and they bring a lot of important topics out into the open, and they aren't afraid to to talk about it. And and I agree with you. I think that if you know, I'm very hesitant. Always, I have family who's on the more conservative side who I love, um, and and I'm always sensitive about that. But at the same time, I feel incredibly passionate about certain things, and I want to say something about it and and it i have a niece who's 20 and she has the most remarkable voice and when she gets on facebook and she starts talking i'm like jealous i'm like i want to have her voice it's Mm -hmm. it's it's just i wish i could i i'm still finding it at 45 yeah definitely i think i think they've grown up with this platform so they know they know how to use it a little bit better than then, then we do the the digital natives know how to kind of navigate it a little bit easier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, 
And speaking of voices, I found one more thing this week that I want to share. It's um, a graphic novel. It's called My Favorite Thing is Monsters, and it's by a woman named Emile Ferris. And it's kind of astonishing, actually. The The graphic novel is set in the 1960s. It's inspired by the author's own childhood. And the author has an interesting life because she got she contracted West Nile virus and she used to be an illustrator and for, for years she couldn't draw anymore. So this book is coming after she relearned how to draw. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. It's set in 1960s Chicago and it's through the perspective of a 10 year old, but it is not a book for children um, very much on the R rating side. Um, and, and it's, she's, there's a, a Holocaust survivor who lives upstairs and who's been murdered and the 10 year old, wants to solve this mystery and in doing so she's she's very much into monsters and she actually draws herself as a little werewolf girl um and what she discovers is all the monsters in our world you know so there's the the fanciful monsters but then there's also the nazis and there's alcohol and drugs and you know so it's it's a real grown-up tale from a child's perspective and and the the drawings are you just you go into it and you can't stop looking. There's so much to see. It's really kind of remarkable, um, and it's also huge. And it's a two-parter, so the next part's going to come out in April of next year. And the story kind of ends, leaves you in a little bit, kind of what's going to happen. And um, and I can't wait for the second part, but but it's definitely worth getting now. It's called My Favorite Thing is Monsters. And that is a thick book, too. It's huge. It's not like your typical graphic novel. It's really it's really unique. I think there's a lot that's unique about it. So That's awesome. Well, yeah. I love I love when you guys are on my show because I get all these all these podcasts to listen to all these things to read. <laughs> I listen to your show and I get the same exact thing. <laughs> I was Katie. Um, Katie was talking about this show. Oh, I can't even remember the name. It was a Hallmark show, but I've already added it to my Netflix list um, because I I I dig a great you know historical romance. I'm all over that. So <laughs> when, when calls the heart, I have my notes from last week right here. <laughs> Wow. Yes, I am. My next bin <laughs> effort is going to probably be that catching up with the the last, the first two seasons. I think there's three seasons now. Um, so, so yeah. So no, I, I, it's so cool to to hear about things on on some of these podcasts. So thank you for bring introducing me to a lot. Well, definitely, definitely. How about you, Kevin? What have you been geeking out about this week? Uh, well, the first thing I wanted to mention was a, a kind of a, an obscure board game. And that I, I still have set up and I play every now and then. It's called Leaving Earth. And if you're a computer person and you have heard of Kerbal Space Program, mm-hmm. then, uh, then this is kind of like the board game equivalent of that. Kerbal Space Program, for those who are not in uh, the know, is essentially a, a situation where you build a rocket and then you put it on the launch pad, you test it to see if it's going to actually fly, go into orbit, and whatever. Um, and you have, like, per- I mean, Kerbal Space Program, you could basically do things like build, uh, what did I see? Uh, like, you could build, if you remember the old uh, British TV series, The Thunderbirds, 
Um, you could actually build all the five ships of the Thunderbirds in Kerbal Space Program. So, so leaving Earth is, is actually produced or uh, by a company called Luminaris, L-U-M-E-N-A-R-S, and they are Luminaris.com. And if you end up actually buying this game, I do not recommend going to Amazon because they're charging like $85 for this, whereas you go to Luminaris, it's only 38 or 39 So uh, anyway, the, the game is all cards. And what you do is it's a one to five player game. And each player plays a director of a space program. And so the, the game starts in 1956, and it's your job to basically comp- complete certain missions. Things like launching a satellite, or launching a man into orbit, or launching a, an unmanned rocket to the Earth. I'm sorry, the moon. Or to uh, land a person on Mars. Just all of these different missions that you accumulate points for in in order to in order to uh, to win the game. Uh, but the difficulty part of it is what I find interesting. You need to plan. You need a little. You need to use arithmetic because what you're doing is with every transition like from earth to suborbital from suborbital to uh earth orbit you have a you have to calculate your rocket and how much thrust it has how much weight it has and how much difficulty it is for that rocket to get up to the next level and and so there's a little bit of kind of simple arithmetic but the the farther you go the more complex it gets it's still all just addition you know it's nothing more than that uh, and maybe a little bit of uh multiplication but it gives you an idea of the 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 sense well first of all I'm a space nerd all the way back from the Apollo program so you know anytime I can see some kind of astronomical event like the eclipse that happened last month the it, it's like right in in my wheelhouse so this is essentially uh it's kind of simulating the cold war race of uh of getting people into space landing people on the moon and seeing who can do it fastest most efficiently and and, and earn the most points. And what I find uh, most interesting of it is it's not easy. I mean, unless you're a, a, a mathematical savant, it's, you know, it takes like a calculator to figure out, okay, how do I get from Earth to Venus orbit and then launch a probe so that I could survey the planet to figure out whether or not I can actually land a person on Venus. I don't even think you can land a person on Venus. It's literally impossible. I mean, in real time. But the beauty of this game is that you are discovering things about this universe. So it's kind of like an alternate universe. We all know that we've landed men on the moon. In this game, we don't know if that's possible. So you actually have to send a probe up to the moon to survey it to figure out whether or not you could actually land 
a, a lander and then have uh, humans walking on the moon. Because if, if you draw poorly, <laughs> then there's a chance that the moon will be completely incapable of landing on it. And even though in reality you can't land on Venus because it's, it's hot beyond belief and it's, it, it's just a horrific environment for, uh, humans. In the game, you could actually survey it and find out you could actually land humans on Venus. So the beauty is the planning, the risk assessment, um, it all, there's a, a money aspect because you're actually buying rocket parts and you're actually fitting them together and, and, and while it's not as complex as Kerbal Space Program, it is, it, it kind of scratches the itch for the board gamer in me. And, uh, and so that's really cool. And you get with the base set, you get, the Earth, you get the Moon, you get Mars, and you get a an expansion for Mercury. And there's actually two expansions that they released uh, afterwards. Uh, one is where you can build space stations, and the other where you have the ability to explore the outer planets, like Neptune and Saturn and and all that. And and also there it's moons things like that. So it makes it even more complex and and in way in some ways exciting. So that's that's the one thing and I still have it like set up on my table and every now and then I'll just look and go, okay, if I if I wanted to complete this mission, I need an Atlas rocket or no, I need like four Atlas rockets, two Saturn rockets. I need a probe. I need a capsule, all that stuff. And it's, it's, it's really fun. If you're into that stuff, if you're a space nut, I highly recommend it. Uh, again, luminaris.com. Uh, just, just Google leaving earth board game and you'll find it. Um, the, the, Go ahead. Oh no, I was just gonna say that that's so cool, and I've heard you talking with our our mutual friend Felix about that game. But right now, being a space nerd is is so cool because um, mm-hmm. you guys know that on Friday, Cassini um, is the the spacecraft that's been orbiting Saturn for the past thirteen years. Did you? Yes. And on Friday, it's taking its death spiral. <laughs> it's death dive yes. into the atmosphere. So they're ending that mission and the way they're ending it. So Friday morning, you can stay tuned. There'll be some space news. Um, this is going to be the 15th of September. And, and the way they're destroying it is they're just going to investigate the atmosphere of Saturn and the spacecraft's going to go into the atmosphere until it's destroyed which it will be. Wow. Um, and then they came as, up, you were talking about Venus probes. No, go ahead. What? I was going to say, as Chuck Yeager, the test pilot would say, that's called augering in, <laughs> taking, <laughs> basically taking a, 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 a space, a craft and just burying it into the ground. That's called augering in. Uh, interesting. Wow. And then there was this recent um, illustration that was posted on Engadget, um, where the t- the title of the article is "NASA Go Steampunk for Its Future Venus Probes." Um, so they're actually trying to come up with a probe that can can deal with the heat of Venus, which is like oh, f- over 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, 
And and the way they're doing it is by coming up with a steampunk space, you know, probe with that'll use wind and Morse code to relay information to, you know, balloons that are in the atmosphere. And it's uh, it's just so cool if you're a space nerd. So, <laughs> well, and, and the fun thing about this game that that you're mentioning, the the Leaving Earth, is it sounds like something I could kind of pass on. We we just switched physics from senior year at our school to sophomore year, so I get to. Um, we, we've kind of changed our all our projects to include, um, instead of biology, we're looking at physics. And so I can see my physics teacher and my math teacher kind of looking at this as a fun way to get the kids um, engaged for, for whatever lesson they have coming up is just kind of a, hey, let's, let's give this a try. Let's warm up your brains with some math and, and look at kind of the steps that go into this and then use that as kind of a launch for, for what a, a, a lesson. Cool idea. I, I totally agree. And I think there are other educators who have actually used this. The interesting thing about the company Luminaris is that this is the only board game that they've ever produced. They are not a board gaming company. This is, I mean, they're mostly into, uh, crafting and, um, and puzzles and, and things like that. So if you look at their website, this is the, this is the only game they do. And this is almost tailor made for educating about just the simple mathematics and just to give people the idea of how difficult it is to leave earth orbit or to uh you know to to what it takes to plan a long mission to mars which i hope in some time in my lifetime some you know mars mission will actually uh finish but you're absolutely right i mean the the educational uh, opportunity for this is is great and uh and so any other educators out there who are listening to this, I, I highly recommend it. It's, it's, it's for the amount, uh, for the size of the box, which is relatively small, it's packed with stuff. And, and I, so I highly recommend that to anybody who's, who's into, uh, space, who's into, uh, you know, trying to figure out with math how to get, uh, achieve goals, which is, I think, important. Um, and, uh, so that's, uh, that's one of my two, uh, geek out things. The other one I'll mention just briefly, um, it's the comic book Chew, which is, um, which Manny just lent to me, um, and, and, oh, and by the way, this was something that I heard from one of your guests on your podcast, Joe. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, so she got it, and what did you call it? You you said it was it was not your thing because it was more of what? Oh, I, hate I think it when I use term, but I I said I I looked at you questioningly, and I said you can read it and you can let me know. Is it more a guy thing? <laughs> and I, hate it, I hate it when I do that because you know I am a bit of a, a feminist, but I also am very proud of all the things that I'm a geek of that I you know that I share with all of my male friends. Um, but I love listening to your Katie and Chelsea episode because, you know, they, they're right when they talk about the fact that there's some things that we might want to talk about that, um, might kind of fall out of the comfort zone of some of our male friends. And, and so when I started reading this comic, I was like, cause it's about food and I'm thinking, this is cool. This is going to be, you know, I'm a dietitian. I'm going to love this. But right off the bat, I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. Mm, this guy's eating someone. Um, 
okay, maybe it's not for me. I don't know. <laughs> right. I, so I gave it to Kevin before I finished it. I do want to finish it. Um, I'm sure I'll like it, but, but right off the bat, I was like, mm, I don't know if this is for me. No female characters, you know, right off the bat. That's, it's kind of yeah. something that yeah. alienates me a bit. Yeah. All the, all the female characters in two number one, the, the graphic novel it, are, are very, I, I mean, they don't have speaking parts. And, um, and so in that respect, there are, it's mostly a male thing, but in terms of content, I think it's more of a horror thing. So if you're into gore, if you're into kind of squeamish stuff, then it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female, you'll, you'll, you'll get into this because it's, it's, there's some definite squeamish things in this. But, uh, what I like is just the world they built. The, the world, this world is a world. First of all, Joe, have you ever read the Chu comics? No, I, this is completely new to me. And, and I, I briefly remember somebody mentioning it on my show a long time ago. And I'm like, I know I can't remember the name of the guest, but I, but because he mentioned it, I bought it. And I'm like, I, I, I remember him saying, and I think there was like, I was like, Oh, that's interesting. And then he said something about it. I went, "Mm, maybe not. <laughs> yes, I think maybe it's the horror. I have a lot of female friends who love horror and who probably dig this, but I think you're right, Kevin. You kind of pegged it. It's on. It's in the horror variety, horror genre. Yeah, but it's also intent. It's also intended to be funny. Um, it's written and and fantasy and and sci-fi a bit too. So go ahead. Sorry. And also a little bit of a kind of like a tinge of like maybe James Bond or the, or uh, what's the new, what's the new movie coming out? The sequel uh, with Colin Firth. What the hell is that? Oh, oh the, uh, the Kingsman, the Kingsman, right? Kingsman, yeah. There's a, yes. there's, there's just a hint of the Kingsman in this, but it's all about, I mean, the premise is essentially the world has, uh, has been uh, decimated by a bird flu and all the chickens, uh, basically chickens have become illegal illegal to eat illegal to produce illegal to sell and so it's kind of like a black market thing to find restaurants that sell chicken but the main character is a guy named tony chu who's an asian american who has this thing called uh i don't know if i'm saying this correctly sibopathic or chibopathic where it means that if he eats something like, for instance, if he eats an apple, he gets kind of like a psychic um, history of the entire life of that apple. Okay. From, from the growing part to its picking to the transport to everything. So he's sitting in one of these illegal China, uh, like chicken restaurants. Uh, by the way, he's a cop. And uh, he orders chicken soup. And somebody actually bled into the soup. This is the very beginning of the of the <laughs> of the graphic novel. And he scoops some of the soup and and apparently tastes some of the cooks or the sous chefs um blood. Immediately he is flooded with memories from this person who is a serial killer. So he, he gets to know the names of his victims. He gets to know exactly how he killed them. He gets to know, uh, all of these different things. And so, uh, that's one of his quote unquote gifts. 
And um, not to spoil, just to spoil the first thing, because it's just kind of like a, 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 it's a situation where they're, they're setting up what Tony Chu, that's his name, C-H-U, is able to do. He corners the, the serial killer and says, tell me all of the names of all of the other victims. And the guy says no, and basically slits his throat right in front of Tony and collapses in an alley. And Tony basically says, I'm going to, I'm going to find out anyway. And he immediately starts chewing on the guy's neck. Mm. Yeah, that's the point where Mandy like checked out. But me, I'm like, oh, this is cool. But the the whole thing is he's he's interviewed by his his boss at the uh, at the police department because he's now solved a raft of murders and linked it to this guy. But they all know that witnesses saw him basically eating the guy. Mm-hmm. And 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 so internal affairs is like waiting to in, to investigate what the hell is going on, and that's where it takes a complete left turn, where this guy comes on, on and basically he's the head of the FDA, which is like a, a more I guess a spy version of the FBI in a sense, um, and and so Tony suddenly gets hired by the FDA to solve crimes. And so wow. it's his job to basically gnaw on, you know, like the, <laughs> like the severed fingers of, 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 uh, dead people who, and find out where they are. And, uh, and so the pre- the start of the premise is really good. It actually, the first, ep- uh, comic goes in so many directions and it's so funny. If you, if you can get by the gore, um, which I can, um, it's, it's very entertaining and uh and I'm looking forward to uh revisiting the rest of this uh because I've forgotten a lot of this stuff but uh one last thing I, w- I wanted to mention about this I had been looking forward to the movie adaptation of this comic the movie adaptation was um to star Steph uh Stephen Yun who was on uh Walking Dead right. as the character Glenn Oh, perfect. And and so he plays Tony Chu. Um, there's a character named Savoy who is a gigantic man with with uh, red hair and seemingly Scottish, and he's played by David Tennant. Okay. Of of Doctor Who fame and Broadchurch fame, and then Felicia Day plays another character, and it's supposed to be all animated. And then as I was researching for this podcast, I found out. Film's been canceled. No, oh, you just yeah. like named a Dreamcast. Holy cow! Yeah, because and they have all three of those uh, parts uh, completely uh, completely recorded. It's just the animation. I don't know what happened, but I guess the they somebody decided to do thumbs down on it. The interesting thing about David Tennant is that that character Savoy, who's Scottish, was initially given to Robin Williams. Oh wow. And and I, he was slated to do that part and then sadly he passed away and uh and Tennant ha- ended up taking over, but now it's it's 
it's in uh I don't know if it's development hell or or what, but right now it's it's not being produced. So very sad to hear that. So all we have is the comics and maybe that's that's all we need, but it would have been interesting to see a comic uh movie version of this. So that's uh that's my geek geekitude this week. That's awesome. You know what? Maybe maybe at some point it might not be with the same cast, but maybe at some point when uh Walking Dead has run its course on AMC, AMC will say, "Hey, here's a new property we can turn into a really disturbing show." <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Oh my god. Actually, it would make a really fascinating horror show. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. If they just need yeah, more I, female characters, so that's all. Yeah, I mean, as of this, as of all, all the, well, they they attempted a TV series that folded, so they were going to do an animated one, which is the one that uh, Stephen Young, Tennant, and Felicia Day were a part of, and I'd be kind of interested in the animated because I love the animation of the comic that's mm-hmm. done by uh, Rob Guillory. Um, I mean, his his art is is very cool. Um, the humor is is yeah, on the dark side. Mm-hmm. So uh, so if you're into in, you're into a little gore, you're into a little of a, a dark sense of humor. You're a little into like surprising action. That's you know definitely check out Chew uh, graphic novel number one. Awesome, it is on the list. I I will yes. I will go in with I will go in with an open mind. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Very cool. Well, thank you for sharing your weekly geekery with me, guys. It's always fun because you guys do so many interesting things. And uh, we will uh, we will come right back after this quick commercial break. I'm Void. And I'm Beach. And together, we're the geek to geek podcast. Well, we make it. It is kind of us, but I guess it's separate. Every week, we pick a topic from geek or digital culture and chat about it for a while. And you're invited. We talk about books and movies, games, comics, the internet. Or really whatever we feel like. Yeah, that too. So look for the geek to geek podcast on iTunes. Or wherever your podcasts are sold. Or downloaded. Or whatever. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of The Comic Box, part of the geek to geek podcast network. So, join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah. And we're back, and before we go into the meat and potatoes of our show, I do want to talk about an event that is coming up. Um, I am going to be part of PIY, which is uh, stands for Podcasting It Yourself, and it is a workshop that coincides with the launch party of Podcasting for Dummies. Uh, it's going to take place in Phoenix, Arizona on October 28th, 2017. And, uh, they're, they're releasing the third edition of Podcasting for Dummies, which our friend, uh, T. Morris is a, um, an author of, uh, along with, uh, Chuck Tomasi. And we're actually featured in the, the book. They mentioned us a couple of times, and I think we're in the list in the back of podcasts. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah. I'm very excited. I was very honored that T would, uh, mention us. So that, that is very exciting. And then he said, Hey, why don't you come out and do, 
a a panel at our launch. And so I will be covering um, podcasting accessories, the fun little things that we don't have to buy, but we do because it makes podcasting easier, better, or fun. Oh my gosh, that's so great! How fun that's going to be. So that's a that's at a convention. Um, it's it's not a convention. I don't. I'll, I'll have to mention where it is actually located. I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's in Phoenix, Arizona, on October twenty eighth, and it's it's just a launch party. I think it's taking place in um a, a church complex. Um, and there's going to be I think it's about three or four hours that afternoon. And there's four different tracks. There's like a best practices track, a um, technology track, which is where my accessories one is going to fall. And then I think a, a software track, like a hardware and a software track. So those are the three tracks that, that you can kind of jump onto. And it's kind of, kind of, uh, targeted to people who are just starting up and are brand new to podcasting. And so, um, you know, I, I think it would be a good way for, seasoned podcasters to kind of make connections, but it, the the panels themselves are actually going to be targeted to people who ha- would be reading podcasting for dummies. Wow. That's something I'd be interested in uh, attending, actually. Well, I'll let you, I'll give you the, the details. Maybe we can like go in on a, <laughs> a hotel room or something together. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Love to do that. Yeah, that sounds that sounds very cool. I, both Manny and I love T. Morris. We we interviewed him and Pitt Ballantyne for uh, a, a segment on Weck podcast, and they're so you can't get T. Uh, to shut up. Actually, no, no, but it's a, but it's a good thing because he has so many it interesting, is, fun things to say. <laughs> yes, he is such. He's so funny, and uh, and he rings a bell every time he does. Uh, he plugs himself or does something, so that's kind of funny. Um, but they're just both delightful people, and and the fa- I, when I found out that T. Morris was did uh you know podcasting for dummies, I went, wow, that's a guy's prolific. Yeah, sci sci fi books and and podcasting for dummies. Wow, what's what's next? Yeah, he's, what's next? Uh, who, state, probably state representative. <laughs> yeah, let's go into, go into politics. I'd take it. No. I'd take it. <laughs> right. Yes. Yeah, so that's coming up. So if you guys are in Phoenix or feel like getting to Phoenix, I will be there and T will be there. And um, I believe um, I believe that uh, Keith Lane will, from the Two Gay Geeks will be there. Yes, he's on this the, this list, and if Keith is there, then I'm sure Ben will be there as well. So there'll be a bunch of us. If if you are in the area or can make it there, we will be there on the 20th of October. Very cool. awesome. All right, we're going to move on to the reason why we are here today, which is that you two have created a new and fabulous podcast. So tell us about Bet You Didn't Know That. <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Kevin. <laughs> you want me to start? Okay, so yeah. this... This idea came from a, uh, well, okay, so I, as I said earlier, I was on a WEC podcast with Mandy, uh, Kelly, and Katie, and uh, uh, through uh, circumstances beyond my control, uh, it now became a three-person podcast, and I, uh, I departed, and so I was thinking... You know, I do want to do a podcast and what would I want to do? And I was thinking I'd want to do one with Mandy because, uh, she and I have such great conversations, you know, off mic that, 
um, why not try a show between the two of us on mic? And, and so I, I tried to think of a, a common denominator between the two of us. And we both like research. We both like learning new things. We both like, you know, it's like, you know, looking up a subject and going, wow, I, I had no, I'd, I'd known about this topic, but I never knew that. And that's where the, the title of the, uh, of the podcast came about. I just thought, um, it, it was actually the first title that I came up with. And I was trying for other ideas, but the first one just kind of stuck. It kind of sounds like a, a cocky thing. Like, well, I bet you didn't know that. I, I bet you you're not smart enough to know that, but that's not really what it is. Really what it is is, it's Manny and I talking about like a topic, an episode, and we really kind of deep dive into the, the topic itself to find the things that, that we never knew about. And so every episode is not just a summary of that thing. It's, it's finding things that, that if you are, say, for instance, the first episode that we did was on Dunkirk. And the reason why we did that is that the Christopher Nolan Dunkirk movie was coming out. And so we did a lot of research on Dunkirk. If you know everything there is to know about Dunkirk, you might, I mean, if you're like an expert at Dunkirk, you probably would know everything. But if you weren't an expert at Dunkirk... Which we assume uh, most people who listened were not. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I had never even heard of Dunkirk before the movie. And I know there are a lot of people out there like me. <laughs> I, I would be one right. of them. <laughs> right. And so it, it was, it's kind of our, it's kind of our, it, it's a pleasure to be able to read about an event like Dunkirk whether you know it or not, because I knew of Dunkirk and I could I could have probably done the podcast without doing extra research. But it was that extra research that gave like pulled out some of these like golden nuggets, as I kind of call them, of of information and 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 anecdotes and 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 just pieces of history that I, I, I think are really, really cool. And yeah, it's kind of like trying to find something, not only that we didn't know, because when it came to Dunkirk, I knew nothing, um, but also just finding things that when we hear about, we're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that this happened or that this is for real. Or, And then thinking that if this is as fascinating to me as, you know, then it's got to be fascinating to others. And then wanting to just share these interesting things that we found out. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here, and I'm going to to make a confession on my end, and and I hope it comes out correctly. So when you guys said you were gonna do a podcast, and I think I may have heard about it on um, Kenny Rotter's podcast. I think you may have mentioned it when you were talking with him and L. Um, yeah, I probably did. Yeah, I think that's when we, when it got announced, or at least when I heard it get announced. And I was like, oh my god, a, a podcast with Mandy and Kevin. I, I'm in. I don't care what it's about. I'm so excited. <laughs> and then you put the first episode out, and it's about Dunkirk. And I just knew about it from the, the movie preview. And I'm not a big war movie fan, so I was like, oh. 
Man named Kevin, it's okay. I'm going to I'm gonna listen to it. I'm sure it will be fine. And then I was like, Oh my god, I gotta go see this movie now. <laughs> like right. and I think that that's something that, that that anybody who who hears about your show needs to know that if um the fun thing that I, I love about your show and, and honestly about you guys in general is just you get so excited about learning things and about sharing knowledge and about discovering those little nuggets of of interesting detail that you, you I, I think your your excitement and your love for the content is contagious and so it's so fun to sit there and listen and when one of you has a, a, a factoid or a little something that the other person didn't know and you throw it out there you guys get so excited and it's so it's it's so fun because it's you know again I'm not a big war buff that's not something that I'm interested in that's not in my realm of geekitude and yet listening to you guys I appreciate it I feel like I'm learning something but I'm not like I'm not I'm never bored I'm never like okay guys speed it up I'm 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 just riveted by these little details and these little um Packs of knowledge, and I, I think a lot of that's due to how excited you guys are about about sharing that information, and I and it's it's a very unique gift that the two of you have. <laughs> oh, thank you so much! Wow, that's 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 very nice to say for you to say it. Um, uh, I I would. I would uh, stop short of saying it's a gift, but I appreciate that. Um, uh, <laughs> it's it's I, I just an think, illness, actually, right? Because, I mean, yeah, it, it really is uh, because I mean, it literally, will we we will decide on a topic, and uh, it's like almost every topic I've bought like one or two books, and I, I just like you know go through the books and. And I know Mandy is Oof. even, she, she's Man. like, just way, like, if, if I have a maximum amount of research tolerance, she goes way above that. <laughs> um, she's, yeah. uh, she, it's almost like, and, and I, I love her for this. Um, but if, if she can be an expert at it, in the short amount of time that that we have before we record it, she will. And she will take. And that's what's every, so stressful. Yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Go <laughs> ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. But I. But you're right. And and I think that's part of what's you know hard about this particular podcast because I love the topics that we've done and I have you know taken deep dives into every topic. Um, but when it comes to the time that we're about to record, I'm not an expert yet, and 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 I never will be, obviously. Um, and and I'm totally uneasy right before the podcast, thinking, oh, I, I don't know everything, and I have pages of notes, and 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 it's it's actually a little stressful. And I'm trying to find a happy medium because I'll research for hours, for days, um, like five six hours before we start recording. I'm like buried in the in the topic. Um, plus, you know, the days before. So, so it's really incredible. And like when we did the episode on Louis Armstrong, I, every day was a joy learning about jazz history, his personal history. Um, just the origin of the word jazz alone just fascinated me to know. And when I found out that it had something to do with baseball, I'm like, what? This is awesome. Um, <laughs> but, but learning but, about, yeah. la learning about laxatives. 
Oh, laxative. That was the, the most charming thing about Louis Armstrong was finding out that he would hand out these pictures of himself sitting on a toilet, grinning, holding a box of laxatives. It just charmed me to no end. Uh, it, it, just, just to, I'm, I'm throwing Mandy under the bus. If you go back and listen to episode 48 of of this podcast, we talked about female superheroes and around, I don't know what happened around episode 44, 45. That's where my lost episode is. That's, and it's, it's like after a year of doing this, all of a sudden, all my technology started giving me problems. All my, like I was having so much trouble this time last year with my podcast. And, um, the, so episode 48, I'm ready to record with Mandy and I had to restart my computer update and it took like 45 minutes. And every time I was like, Mandy, I'm so sorry. I don't mean to waste your, your weekend day. I don't remember if it was a Saturday or Sunday, but I'm so sorry. And you're like, more research, more research. It's perfectly fine. It gives me more time to do research. Oh yeah. I'm like researching up to the minute. Like when he presses the, you know, the record button, I'm like still literally researching. It's, it's a disease and, and I have to get it under control. What you, what you need to do is you need to come to my school and you need to show this to my kids. And maybe that's what I should do. I should just play your episodes for my students and be like, you need to be like these people. Yeah. Uh, well, well, I mean, I mean, it, I think it comes from uh, from being young and being curious. Um, I mean, because if we weren't curious about stuff, this show wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I that's. The, I mean, the, the curiosity that we have and the, the excitement that you uh, alluded to, Joe, about, about when we learn something new, we wanna, we wanna get the listener as excited as much as we are excited. And we hope it conveys and hope, uh, I'm glad to hear at least with you, Joe, it, it does. Um, but, uh, anyway, what are you gonna say something, Mandy? Well, I was just going to give you an example. So when I was reading um, that book, The Hate You Give, um, and I wanted to find out more about the author, Angie Thomas. And when I looked up and I found out that she had um, been given a grant by We Need Diverse Books, I'm like, what the heck is We Need Diverse Books? That sounds incredible because, you know, I believe that we do. And so and I looked it up and all of a sudden they have this hashtag in their website called hashtag drum it up. Um, and I was like, what the heck is this all about? <laughs> so I look at that and here's where it led me to. It led me to this book this picture book for for kids four to seven called Drum Dream Girl, How One Girl's Courage Changed Music. And it's about um, a girl in Cuba who is being raised during the 1930s where drumming for females is taboo. It's based on the life um, of this actual drummer in history, female drummer that my sister, I told my sister about it. She had never even heard of this woman called Milo Castro Zaldariaga, who's um, of Cuban descent, I think Chinese descent, Spanish descent. It's um, her ancestry is 
is interesting in and of itself. Um, but she defied the odds in 1930s Cuba and became a drummer and she ended up, you know, becoming famous in Cuba. And then she, be, you know, started playing with American musicians. I actually want to research if she played with Louis Armstrong. And then she ended up playing for Eleanor and Franklin Roosevelt. And I'm thinking, this is a woman I've never even heard of, but, you know, an example of my deep diving and finding out really interesting, fascinating things. And so, so yeah, they're, they're drumming it up, trying to give this book some attention. And, and the, that that's so fascinating. Like this is this is this is the journey you guys take constantly, which is so awesome. Uh, you covered constantly. The first episode was on Dunkirk. The second episode was. And is it Lewis and not Louis? It, it's both. Either. Oh, either okay. Or. <laughs> We've discovered. And then, um, go ahead. No, I was going to say that he called himself Lewis, but he answered to Louis as well. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And then you got the total. Uh, solar eclipse and then the the last episode you've done is princess diana so you have like i mean these are not related topics so anybody who's thinking oh i don't care about jazz music first of all you need to listen to the episode of jazz music because then you'll be like oh i'm interested in jazz music i never knew and but every <laughs> week is so different than the last that it's it's really just kind of a it's it's great for your own personal knowledge. It's great for cocktail parties. Hey, did you know? Uh, <laughs> it, it's just, I, I think what you guys are doing is just, it's so awesome. It's so you guys. And <laughs> it, it's, it's just like, it always, you just think, anytime I think about it, it puts a smile on my face. Oh, thank you so much, Joe. We really appreciate that. That is and really high praise. I appreciate that. <laughs> what what uh, what do we have coming up? What any any other topics you can preview for us? Well, the one we just recorded, um, we can talk about that, right? Yeah, let's do it. Uh, do you want to mention the one that we're going to post tomorrow? Yeah, so the one we're posting tomorrow is on tennis. So the U.S. Open, Sloane Stevens just kicked some hardcore ass. Um, Kevin was super excited about that. Um, because what she was 950th ranked when she went on to win the U.S. Open. Right. Yeah, I, and, to be honest, I thought we were doing the, 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 the Diana supplemental. Oh, yeah, that's what we're that's I think that's the one you're putting up. But the tennis one, I think, is is our next episode that we did together. So, yes. so we're starting to do some supplemental episodes. Um mm -hmm. And kind of like a an epilogue to the episode. Sometimes, if if there's something extra that we want to say or somebody interesting that we want to interview, um, but the the tennis episode was the last episode that we did together. So, yeah. and it was and also if we, sorry, go ahead. If we follow you, if we follow you on social media, you guys also post a whole bunch of your research through there too. Where you like, as you find things after the fact, you're like, oh hey, and this, oh hey, and this. Yeah, I actually been really bad about social media lately. Um, but I want to get back to that because, because yeah, that's kind of the fun part too, is just kind of letting people know, Hey, here's some of the things, interesting things that we researched and some other interesting things on the topic. Um, for sure. So, and, and trying to get people interested in what we're talking about as well. Yeah. And, and we do, I mean, yeah, we have uh, slacked off this, this particular week, but, um, you know, we'll get back into it. But the, uh, the whole idea is to, you know, I mean, we, we switch it up and we try and make every topic, uh, really as interesting as possible. And we always, you know, it's like with the Diana episode, there's a, there's, there's one thing about her life 
I mean, there's a lot of it, but a lot of it is kind of depressing, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, and we touch upon that a little, but we're we're mostly we're not trying to. Uh, we didn't want to dig up stuff about tabloid uh stuff we didn't we didn't want to deal with her relationships or her you know the the divorce or, or anything like that we wanted to know why diana is the love the beloved figure that she is so that's what we did and then i wanted to mention the supplemental episode because i got i was contacted by a friend who i who remain who will remain anonymous who is a paparazzi and he has stories about taking photos of Princess Diana. And that's going to be the interview that I post, um, that's going to be posting on Monday, the 11th of uh, September. So, so it's probably, if you're listening to this now, it's probably already out. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So check for that. And the, what's interesting about that is it's, it's a very, I would say, honest, uh, account of one paparazzi's view of, of his industry, of, um, and how he responds to people who think that his industry is, just made up a bunch of a bunch of scum or uh how he re- uh, reacts to uh people who think that uh who still think that you know the paparazzi basically killed Diana so we we go into a lot of that stuff it's a little bit deeper than the the actual episode which is why i think uh it was it was easier for me to do the interview with my friend than include uh Mandy. I think she would have been welcome, but she didn't know my friend like I did. So that is going to be an interesting uh episode and I would be interested to hear what people think about paparazzi after listening to that episode because because that's one of the more interesting interviews that I've ever done. So, wow. Now I'm really I'm really excited and intrigued about that cuz uh, that is a big question mark and I think I can't I can't I can't void myself away from the um that that particular feeling that paparazzi are are scum and <laughs> and I'm not I mean maybe not that that hard but that the, that there's a, a predatory nature to that that field and uh and so it will be very interesting to see what that um what that perspective is yeah and what I do is I try to I, I tried in the interview to uh ask him uh questions that like you guys would want to know it's like you know i I didn't want to make it into a like kind of like a dan rather or a mike wallace like uh gotcha interview Mm -hmm. but i give him the opportunity to answer uh why you know answer from his point of view you know the public seems to hate paparazzi how how do you feel about that and how do you Mm -hmm. respond to that so you get to know that side of it from the person who actually does it. So I, I, that's why uh, I, I can't wait for uh, the reaction to come in for this episode. Sorry. One of the things that we, we do at the end of the episodes that we do together is we kind of give a hint um, about what we're going to do next. And so the tennis episode will probably be out um, this week. And 
Um, and we didn't purposefully do the hint at the end of that episode because we thought we would do it during this episode. Mm-hmm. And, okay. and this is the episode that we're hoping that you'll join us. Yeah. So, so we were going to so drop some, do you remember that the topic that we, we kind of told you that we were going to do next? Yes, I do. So what we usually do is we decide on a topic that is timely. There's, there's something going on timely, but it has, um, you know, interesting, possibly historical or current appeal for some reason. Um, and we found that there's a something being celebrated the week of the 25th in September on an annual basis. And we think it's actually quite timely, um, but you could go at it from a historical or a current perspective um, or a literary perspective, whatever you so choose. Um, and so, so yeah, so, so we were going to, we were going to drop some hints on your show about our next episode. Go for it. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, was that the hint or were you going to give something else? Um, well, I'm, I'll drop my hint and I changed it from my original hint that I'd done before, but, uh, but I'm going to say Fahrenheit 451. And I'm going to say, oh God, I was, uh, now I'm like switching it. Um, <laughs> I put you on the spot. Salman Rushdie's The Satanic Verses. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> Very cool. So those will be the those will be the hints. And so um so when we do record that episode, and hopefully that will be the, the next episode that well not the next episode you release, but one of the episodes that you release coming up, um people will be able to guess what it is. So if you guys know, go ahead and add uh uh let me get your, your Twitter, uh at BDKT Podcast and at Geektitude, and if you put that on social media and tell us what you think your your uh, guess is, that will give us an opportunity to tell you if you're getting warm or not. Right. We also have, you could also type in, bet you didn't know that on in Facebook. We have a Facebook page, so we always, we welcome comments on there. And uh, and also our email is bdktpodcast at gmail.com. So you could send us an email uh, of your choice of your guess. And usually what we do is if somebody guesses it, we give them a shout out on the show. So awesome. A little bit of an incentive. (laughs) Well, very good. Thank you, Mandy and Kevin, for coming on. I again, I cannot promote your show enough. I think uh, I think it is just such a unique thing out there right now and and it is as I said it's just so you guys that it it just makes me smile every time I think about it. So if you haven't started listening to Bet You Didn't Know That, you should go immediately and add it to your podcast uh rotation because it is you're going to be a better person for listening to it. You will <laughs> oh learn gosh. information that you did not know and it's it's fun. Uh, it, it feeds that love of learning that I hope a lot of people have. Thank you. You're so setting much. such, yeah, I you're know. setting <laughs> such a high bar for us. Thank you. Um, but to be Coming quite from two of your biggest fans. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, I think we can reach that bar. I think, uh, we're, we have that passion. So I, we, that's uh, awesome praise. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Absolutely. As we close up here, um, do you guys have any shout outs for Nick for for the the listeners? Yeah, I want to shout out I always shout out um Katie and Kelly, my WEC mates, but also I want to shout out uh uh Katie who was on your show last week from Tea Time with Chelsea and mm-hmm. Katie and Kenny because I'm going to be going to per- Perky Nerd in Burbank in a few hours and hanging out with them. Awesome, awesome, bit, awesome. So. Uh I also actually want to shout out to uh 
Kenny, um, Kenny Rotter of Dumbbells and Dragons, because uh, I just did a a supplemental episode on the tennis episode that we're going to be uh, doing. So the the episode that Mandy and I did was essentially on uh, tennis from the 70s up to 1980, and Kenny Rotter and I talk about modern tennis and tennis that's going on right now. Because nice. as we're recording this, uh, today is the last day of the U.S. Open. So if you're listening to this in the future, then you know whether or not Rafa Nadal or Kevin Anderson won the men's singles match. At this point, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shout out to Kenny Rotter. Great guy. Um, and also uh, another shout out to Brian Johnson of uh, Average Geek, Geek Show. So... Hi, guys. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to my good friend and former business partner back from when I was doing uh, and with, when I had my theater company, uh, my friend Greg Cohen, who just turned 60. The big 6-0. Wow. Yes. Nice. So, uh, so happy birthday, Greg. And I hope you were enjoying the, the 60s because uh, <laughs> you have reached a new decade, my friend. <laughs> Happy birthday, Greg. Coming up next week, I'm I'm going to be honest. I am, well, actually, I should probably check as I'm saying this because I am I am hoping, because I've wanted to talk about this for weeks, but we haven't been able to get our, our schedules to work. Um, so, yes, not confirmed, but I'm really hoping that Void and I from uh, the geek to geek cast can sit down and talk about The Adventure Zone because it's what inspired me to want to start doing an actual play podcast. It's Absolutely a phenomenal uh, podcast, a phenomenal show, and they just finished their first series after three years and sixty nine episodes. Uh, they they finally completed their campaign and they're moving on to other stuff. So it's the perfect time to sit down and just kind of unpack the entire story. So I'm that will be happening at some point coming up. I don't know if it'll be next week or not, but that is the goal. So that is coming up. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. geek to geek is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as geek to geek Podcast, Geek Fitness Health Hacks, The Comic Box, and our newest acquisition, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. And make sure to join our Reddit community at forward slash r slash geek to geek cast you can currently find us at geek2.com as well as on itunes stitcher google play and most other podcasters out there please leave us a review and spread the word if you'd like to contact me you can send me an email at joe hogan at geek2.com you can also follow the show on twitter at geek2dude or me personally at epic grays guys where can we find you uh main podcast is bdktpodcast.com uh, as I said earlier, we're on Facebook. Uh, Twitter is at BDKT Podcast, and our email is BDKT Podcast at gmail.com. And how about you guys personally? I'm at Amanda Blake MSRD on Twitter. And on Twitter, I am at KC November. Perfect. Thank you again, guys, so much for being here today and for being part of the show. And I hope everybody comes and checks out your new podcast because it's awesome. Thanks, Thanks Joe. Thanks, Thanks so Joe. It's been great. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek. Mm-hmm.
that theme song means it is once again time to promo the Geek Wolf Pack podcast. I'm your Papa Wolf, Nick Kelly. And I'm your Mama Wolf, Stacia Kelly. And I'm Thermal Wolf, Brennan Kelly. Here on the podcast, we're just a couple of generations geeking out and sharing what we think we think. We'll share the latest nerd news and sci-fi happenings. Looking for life hacks? I'll tell you if there's an app for that. And I'll give you the latest from a gamer's point of view. Plus, every episode includes some of what we like to call ADHD D&D. I'm a healer, and I killed a dragon. Spoilers. <laughs> so join us here at the Geek Wolfpack Podcast. Join us on iTunes, Stitcher, Blueberry, or wherever you find your podcasts, or simply at geekwolfpackpodcast.com. And as always, geek out. So how would you describe a podcast like The Shared Desk? It's a podcast that took its sweet time to do a promo. <laughs> well, yeah, well, I think that goes without saying. I mean, you could say The Shared Desk is a podcast about collaboration, because that's what we do. Wait, 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 wait. There's a lot more to the shared desk. You got our Loot Crate looky-loo. Oh, what's in the box? And then what we're doing when we're not writing, usually it's pretty nerdy. Nerd! And then there are the drop-ins. Has the whole world gone crazy? Yes. There are drop-ins. And we love having guests on the show. It's the shared desk, after all. And if it's Katie or Lauren, you get some lovely singing as well. So find The Shared Desk on iTunes, Stitcher, or at thesharedesk.com. The Shared Desk. Two writers. One podcast. Different different points points of of view. view.